You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lux presents Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater brings you Claudette Colbert and Van Heflin in Tomorrow is Forever. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. William Keeley. Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. One year ago this coming Wednesday, America and the freedom-loving people of the world celebrated VE Day, the first step in the conquest of oppression. I think we realized then, as now we know so clearly, that the aftermath of war is marked with difficult readjustment and unusual problems. And I know of no problem more unusual and challenging more fraught with emotional suspense than that which forms the theme of International Pictures' current hit, Tomorrow is Forever, starring Claudette Colbert and Van Heflin. Claudette appearing in the role that she created so superbly on the screen. On this anniversary of freedom, I'd like to read you a letter from a native of one of the liberated countries. She writes, When my beloved Denmark was set free last year, and contact by mail was re-established, I at once began to send packages home to my relatives, things they hadn't seen during those five dark years of occupation. And, of course, in all those packages, 56 to date, we put Lux Toilet Soap. I wish you could see the letters of thanks that we received. You'd realize how much it means to those good people of Denmark to receive your fine product. And when I go back home uh, for a visit next month, I shall have to make room in my baggage for Lux Toilet Soap. We sincerely appreciate this friendly letter. Here's the first act of Tomorrow is Forever, starring Claudette Colbert as Elizabeth and Van Heflin as John, later known as Kessler, with Richard Long in his original screen role as Drew, Natalie Wood as Margaret, and Gail Gordon as Larry. 
December 1918, a few weeks after the armistice. At a comfortable little home on George Street in suburban Baltimore, Mrs. John McDonald has just received a caller. You've done so much already, Mr. Hamilton. But there's nothing anyone can do. Just don't think of coming back to the office until you really want to. Thank you. I'll be back Monday. It, it doesn't seem possible. When did the telegram come? Yesterday, from the War Department. But you mustn't give up hope. There might have been a mistake. Sometimes... My he... husband was killed in action November the 5th. He didn't have to go. He didn't have to. He volunteered. I did, too. But they wouldn't have me. I know just how he felt. Do you? And how do I feel? How do I feel now? Elizabeth, please. You promised to come back. You promised to come back. And, and now he's dead. He's dead. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Lieutenant, are you awake? Huh? Lieutenant. What do you want? You know what I want. Please. What is your name? You had me moved. Where am I now? A hospital, Lieutenant, near Berlin. I heard what they said. You see, I understand German. My case is hopeless. I don't agree with them. You've no right to let me live. Doctor, it'd be so easy, a drug, anything. Lieutenant, the war is over now. Why can't you tell us now who you are? I want to die. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Is she your wife? Don't you want to let her know you're alive? I want no one to know anything. When you were picked up on the battlefield, there was nothing on you but that one letter from Elizabeth. Nothing. Undoubtedly, you have been officially reported as dead. You call this being alive? If you had lost your arm, even if there had been blindness, we could do so much for you. Life can still be good. Yes, I have my eyes. But no face. Don't you think I know I have no face? There is such a thing as plastic surgery. And your leg will mend. But we cannot give you your name. Give me any name you like. You realize your wife has almost certainly been informed that you are dead? Well, she's young and no children. Nothing to hold her to me. Nothing, only pity. There is much more than pity. And that letter is a great love and a great need. Doctor, I'll make a bargain with you. Do with me whatever you want. I'll submit to any kind of experiment. Be any kind of a guinea pig you like. Only don't ask me questions. And don't try to find Elizabeth. I can try to heal you. But only she can make you whole. All right, then remember this. If I live and you let her know, I swear I'll end my life just as soon as I have a hand to do it with. I'm dead. As far as she's concerned, I'm dead. <laughs> Jesse, how's Elizabeth? Did Dr. Jameson... She's still upstairs. Marry this girl, this Mrs. McDonald. She works at the plant. Yes, yes, I told you. But if she's suddenly taken ill, as you say, why didn't she go to her own home? Because she's all alone. 
Where's her husband? Killed in France just a few days before the armistice. Larry, Dr. Jameson says she's going to have a baby. I see. Aunt Jessie, I want to do anything we can for that girl. Do you think we could keep her here until after the baby? She has no one. Doesn't seem right to make her face this alone. Of course. You're right, Larry. This is a big house. And she seems like such a nice girl. Yes, she is, Aunt Jessie. She's wonderful. Larry, I have absolutely no right to be here, and you know it. It's been weeks now. You and your aunt, you... You've both been so wonderful, I... I could cry. Did you ever stop to think that maybe I'm being selfish? That I possibly like having you here and doing what little I can? Well, like going to the post office and picking up packages for you. Packages? Uh, here, I'll, I'll open it with... <gasps> Elizabeth, I, I'm terribly sorry. I didn't think to look. His things. From the War Department. I should have known. Oh, open it, Larry. It's all right. Letters. Some letters I sent him. Lieutenant John A. MacDonald. The A was for Andrew. And this... Cigarette case. I gave him this that night in August before he sailed. We'd been a week together in New York. We used to sit and look out over the lights of the city and plan for the future. Now there's no future to plan. Yes, there is, Elizabeth. Not for John. A man's child is his future. That's what frightens me. If anything should happen, it... It isn't just another baby being born, it... John. John going on. If I lost the baby, it would be John dying all over again. You won't lose him, Elizabeth. You're going to have a fine baby. And you're going to be happy again. Larry, you, I... You know what made me notice you at the office? The way you took dictation and the way you smiled. It would be nice to see you smiling again, A fine thing. I rush home from the office early with the biggest teddy bear in Baltimore, and this is the thanks I get. I... <laughs> all right, Paula. Oh, he simply has no manners at all, Larry. I'll have to say thank you for him. Thank you for so many things. Are you starting to get serious again? Don't you think it's time I did? I'll be going home in a few days. Home? I, um, I had an idea about that. Elizabeth, I think you should sell that house on George Street. Sell it? You can't go back. I'll admit I've been dreading it a little. Is that being a coward? No, I don't think so. Look, I, I, I've got a house in mind for you. It's an old house, a happy house. It would be a fine place for a little boy to grow up in. And Jesse thinks so, too. Larry, you're talking about your house. Yours, too, if you'll have it, Elizabeth. It's no use pretending I didn't know that someday you'd be saying this. Larry, for the short year that John and I were married... I was unbelievably happy. If John had lived, I, I might have been disillusioned, but he didn't live. Larry, I'll never love anyone the way I love John. You haven't said whether or not you were married. But I want you to Elizabeth, be sure. Elizabeth, look, what? the baby. I believe that boy's got a tooth. Oh, no. Well, look. Well, let me see. Why, John Andrew. <laughs> so you have. Oh. 
Larry, what would you think of calling him Drew? Drew what, Elizabeth? Drew Hamilton. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Well, young man, just look at that birthday cake. Five candles. Drew, darling, you don't eat the cake first. First, you blow out the candles. That's it. Blow! You've got a fine baby brother, Drew. His name is Brian. What do you think of that, hmm? A baby brother. Doesn't seem possible, does it, Larry? Drew, almost out of college. And Brian, halfway through high school. Can it be that I'm growing old? <laughs> oh, just distinguished looking, darling. <laughs> just distinguished. Is that you, Larry? You're late. Oh, uh, hello, Aunt Jesse. Drew wanted a game of golf. Hi, Aunt Jessie. Golf in this heat? I know, I know. I'm a sucker. Where's Elizabeth? Telephone. It's Mr. Norton from Washington. I think he wants to talk to you. Norton, eh? Hey, Dad, can we have a game of talk? He called twice. Dinner? Important, I suppose. Uh, sorry, Brian, but I do have to take care of business once in a while. What does Mr. Norton want? Anything wrong, darling? He didn't tell you? No. It looks as if Germany's going to invade Poland at any minute. Larry, you don't... It doesn't mean more for us, does it? Maybe not. Uh, oh, Drew. Yes, Dad? It's 6 o'clock. See if you can get the news. Let's see what the radio has to say. But it couldn't be war, Larry. One thing's certain. If it is, it's going to seem much closer this time. But it isn't war. Why do you keep so saying hurry that? Hurry up, Dad. It's on. For an invasion that may come at any moment. Preparations an are complete. Invasion? And the down, invasion Brian. awaits only for the order to march. Once again, Germany threatens the world. Boy, this is the last it. Hope of a Turn it off, Drew. Mother. Germany's declaration that she Turn it off, relations son. with Poland. What's the matter with everybody? Nothing, Brian. Nothing else matter. Oh, Larry. Yes, dear. I've been thinking, why don't you take the day off tomorrow? We could all oh, go on I a picnic. I wish I could, darling, but Kessler's arriving tomorrow from London. Kessler? I told you, dear, that chemist. They say he's practically a genius. I, oh. I should be at the plant to meet him. Oh, yes, darling, of course. Well, come along, everybody. I'm sure dinner's ready. Oh, Mr. Kessler. Yeah? Yes? I'm from the immigration office. Your papers, please. Oh, yes, of course. Now, let's see. Eric Kessler, chemist, born in Vienna, and daughter Margaret. Yeah, the, the little girl here. You're entering the country as a specialist. You're staying in New York. No, no, no. I go straight on to Baltimore to the Hamilton Chemical Works. There's a letter with the visa. Oh, yes. About your health, Mr. Kessler. My, uh, my, my health? I understand there was a delay before you were permitted to leave England. Well, my health is not the best, no, but... Uh, I just I, wanted uh, to assure you that uh, our doctor here says there's no cause to detain you. Oh... Uh, I'm sorry. Quite all right. You may leave any time you wish. Uh, thank you very much. Well, Margaret? No, no, not father, dear father. Father. Uh, splendid. Uh, come on now, we find a train. A train to Baltimore. Baltimore, Father. Uh, but perhaps we should not stay here. You said 
suppose we would make our home here. Mm, it may be better to go there. Other cities, fine cities. Father, this is George Street. How did you know that? It said George Street on the sign at the corner. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Where are we stopping in front of this house? Are we going to visit somebody here? No, Margaret, no. It appears nobody lives here anymore. An empty house, just an old empty house. Father, a man is coming in a uniform. Is he a soldier? No, just a postman, Margaret. You are in America, child. You must lose those fears. Uh, postman, please. Yeah? Uh, this house, please. C could you tell me how long has that been vacant? Oh, nobody's lived here for two or three years. Uh, do you know who had that before? Oh, some Italian family with lots of kids. Guess it got too small for them. Yeah, th thank you very much. Shall we go away from Baltimore soon, Father? No, no, I don't think we need to leave now, Margaret. We find a taxi cab in the hotel. And then I, I must see Mr. Hamilton. I gave it to Aunt Jessie. Say, what's going on around here? A party. Some of Drew's friends are staying for supper. Oh, uh, I invited a guest, too. Who did? Our new chemist, Kessler. Oh, the one from England? Yes. Frightfully British? Frightfully Austrian. Oh. I wouldn't have asked him except his report's finished. I have to see it. Uh, by the way, dear, he's pretty badly crippled. An accident? The last war. Was he in the German army? Austrian. They both fought against us. Oh, he's a very decent fellow, Liz. He must have got it pretty badly. He wears a beard, but his face underneath, nothing but scars. Well, don't worry, darling. I'll be very nice to you, Mr. Kessler. Thanks, Liz. I'll take your hat, Mr. Kessler. Uh, if you care to wait here, sir, I'm sure Mr. Hamilton will... Oh, Mr. Kessler, is something wrong, sir? No. No, 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 nothing. Ben, did someone go... Oh. This gentleman to see Mr. Hamilton, ma'am. Mr. Kessler? Yeah. You, please, you, you must excuse me for staring at you. My, my eyes there. I'm Mrs. Hamilton. How do you do? How, how do you do? Uh, I'm glad you could come. Mr. Kessler, No, it's just the heat. Uh, quite hot in the city. I'm, I'm all right, thank you. Well, here you are. Uh, darling, this is the celebrated Mr. Kessler. I just introduced myself, Larry. We're having drinks in the patio. I'll, I'll go check up on the youngsters and join you later. Mr. Hampton, may I report this in the envelope? Oh, uh, fine. You have guests. I should not stay. Oh, nonsense. Besides, I want you to meet my boys. And just wait till you taste one of Ben's mint julep. Uh, can I get you something, Mr. Kessler? More coffee? Well, if you please do. <laughs> Mother and Dad deserted you. Huh? No, no, I'm afraid I deserted them. I just thought I'd stretch these crippled legs of mine. Tell me something. You are going to college? The University of Maryland. Family's always gone there. Besides, it's close to home and... I... I'm looking at you and thinking what a wonderful thing it is having a son. Drew, Drew, Judy's looking for you. She wants to dance. Oh, thanks, Aunt Jessie. Uh, would you excuse me, Mr. Kessler? Do is is uh, that a family name? Oh, it's really John Andrew. They call me Drew for short. I'll see you later, Mr. Kessler. John. 
John Hendrew. Well, they left you all alone, Mr. Kessler? I, uh, I have been talking to your son. I never would have thought that you had such a grown-up boy. <laughs> Europeans all feel they have to flatter American women. We're supposed to have a youth complex, aren't we? I assure you, I'm quite old enough to have a 20-year-old son. You know, I, I can't get over the feeling that I'm in a dream. Music, gay young people, it, it makes Europe seem very far away. It is far away. Europe and its wars and its problems, we must keep them far away. Let's hope you can. You don't sound encouraging. Perhaps I've seen too much. Well, you were very fortunate to get out when you did. Did you bring your wife with you? No, no, I have no wife. There's only Margaret, the little girl. Oh, we must bring her out the next time you come. We'd love to have her. Oh, you're very kind. If you'll excuse me, I, I think Mr. Hamilton would be looking for me about now, the report. Kessler. Eric Kessler. I had Ben driving back to town. Oh. He asked me to say goodnight for him. Now, he wasn't so bad, was he? Larry, all night long, I've... I've had the strangest feeling. What? I don't know. It started when he came. I was coming down the stairs. I saw him standing there in the hall. It was just like... Well, dear, like what? Uh, I don't know. Say, the kids are still dancing out there. Let's show him we can still get around, too. Elizabeth? Hmm? Oh, oh, of course, darling. Of course. In just a moment, we'll continue with the second act of Tomorrow is Forever with Claudette Colbert and Van Heflin. As a producer and director, I know how very important are the thousands of letters you write to your favorite stars. We want to make pictures you'll enjoy and are always eager to hear your preferences and suggestions. Tonight, we want you to meet attractive Elsie Sullivan from Metro-Golden-Mare's fan mail department. Tell us about your work, Elsie. Well, Mr. Keeley, I'm one of the people who helped Lana Turner answer the thousands of letters she receives every week. You know, she's as loyal to her fans as they are to her. What do Lana's fans usually write about? Right now, they're excited about her role in her current MGM picture, The Postman Always Rings Twice. They're awfully enthusiastic over having her teamed with John Garfield. And those who have seen her in the picture compliment her on her fine dramatic performance. No wonder people are eager to see how James Kane's thrilling book... The Postman Always Rings Twice has been brought to the screen. Another thing Lana's fans enthuse about is her beauty and her glamorous complexion. And you know, Mr. Keeley, like so many other Hollywood stars, Lana Turner uses Lux toilet soap very faithfully. I'm sure John Kennedy will like to hear you say that. We're very proud of that Lux complexion of hers. She's found daily Lux toilet soap facials, a beauty care that really works. Recent tests by skin specialists prove that regular Lux soap facials do work. Actually, three out of four complexions become lovelier in a short time. Here's the simple, effective care lovely stars use every day. Smooth the creamy, active lather well in, 
Rinse with warm water, splash on cold, pat gently with a soft towel to dry. Leave skin feeling softer and smoother. No wonder nine out of ten Hollywood stars say they never neglect their daily Lux soap complexion care. Why don't you try it? Lux toilet soap is made only of the finest ingredients. You'll find it a real beauty soap, ripe for delicate skin. Thrifty to use, too. Each hard-milled cake lasts and lasts. Why not put Lux Toilet Soap on your shopping list tomorrow? Here's Mr. Keeley back at the microphone. Act two of Tomorrow is Forever, starring Claudette Colbert as Elizabeth and Van Heflin as Kessler, with Richard Long as Drew and Natalie Wood as Margaret. After 20 years, John McDonald has seen his wife again. A wife who no longer knows him, for he's now Eric Kessler, a man with a misshapen body, old before his time. Back in his apartment, Kessler limps directly to his desk and removes a worn and much read letter, a letter dated October 1918. I... I try to make my letters full and satisfying, darling. And yet I want to say... the really important things till you're safely home again. I do my best with letters. But would I be very selfish if I saved something especially lovely for when we're together? It's really John Andrew. They call me Drew for short. My son. He is my son. My son. Huh? Oh, Margaret, you... You aren't in bed yet? I could not sleep, Father. Did you and Mrs. Mills have a good time? It was very enjoyable. I like Mrs. Mills, Father. Well, we were lucky Miss Mills came to live with us. She's a fine housekeeper. Did you have an agreeable time, too? Yes, very. They tell me next time I must bring you along. All right, now run along to bed. Your medicine. I'll get you some more. I am not going to take my medicine. You will not get well unless you do. Well, I'll, I'll take it later, then. You, you are almost like my real father, and I love you. Margaret. More coffee, Elizabeth? No, thanks, dear. Aunt uh, Jessie? The doctor absolutely forbids it, so I'll take half a cup. <laughs> By the way, Larry, how is you Mr. Kessler getting on? Oh, he seems all right. Just tired out, I guess. I, I thought of asking him down tomorrow, Elizabeth. It's Saturday. Of course, darling. Little change for doing good. Have him bring his little girl along. She might enjoy the swimming pool. Well, what's the matter with your eldest this morning? Drew? Well, look at him. Miles away. Hey, wake up. Huh? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you've hardly touched your breakfast, Drew. What's the matter? Well, well, there is something on my mind. I think I know what it is. So do I. Oh, look, Drew. Judy's one of the nicest girls I've ever known, but you are a bit young, both of you. It isn't Judy, Mother. It isn't anyone. It's... it's... Well, I want to join the RAF. The what? The Royal Air Force. You join up in Canada, get your training there. And, well, they need every flyer they can get their hands oh, on. Oh, please, Drew. Who put this insane idea into your head? If it's Pudge Davis... It I... isn't his idea. It's mine. You want to be a hero, don't you? Do you know what happens to heroes? They die. Larry, I won't go through with this. I can't. 
I remember the last war, Drew. I know something about it. I've got to be getting to the plan. Suppose we talk about it tonight. Hmm? We won't talk about it ever. Now, look, darling, it's just that I'll you... wait in the car, Dad. Goodbye, Mother. Aunt Jessie. Oh, wait a second, Drew. There's a letter I'd like to say. I won't let him go, Larry. Darling, you're upset. Later on, when you feel better... I'll you... never feel differently. Not about this. Darling, no father or mother likes to see a son go to war. But they hide their feelings when he does But go. there's no war. He hasn't been called... You can't ask me to give him up. I don't want him to go any more than you do. But in April, he'll be 21. Then he won't have to ask our permission. If anything happened to Drew, it, it would be John dying all over again. After all these years? Oh, oh no. Oh, darling, no. I, I had forgotten it. You did that for me. But it mustn't happen to Drew. I, I couldn't live through it. Darling, he hasn't gone yet, and nothing has happened to him. Larry, help me. Help me, darling. Talk to him. Try to make him understand. I wish I could. I don't want that to be the one thing I can't do for you. I'll try, Elizabeth. Thank you, darling. So here you are, Drew. Your mother said you were by the swimming pool. But I didn't think you were studying. <laughs> It's, uh, it's calculus, Mr. Kessler. Oh, where's Margaret? Well, your brother's teaching her the pitch horseshoe, you see. She's quite overcome. Uh, Mr. Kessler, what do you think about the war? The war? Well, since you've just come from Europe... Well, what do you think? For one thing, that it isn't a phony war. I think Germany means to swallow up all of Europe. Yeah, but not America. That's where you're wrong. Germany means to feel on the whole world. She's, she's trying to... I'm boring you. That's the last thing you could ever do. But, look, I, I'm not an authority. What does your father think about all this? Oh, we, we started to talk about it yesterday. I guess we didn't get very far. But I, I know how Mother feels. Any talk of war upsets her terribly. I wish I was sure I knew what the war is all about. Well, it's about what the Nazis called a new order. Supermen and slave people. The Dark Ages. But you can't do that to people now. They won't take it. There's your answer. And there's your war. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right. It's as simple as all that. Hello. Oh, yes, Ben? It's Mr. Fudge on the phone, sir. Oh, and your mother says tell you and Mr. Kessler lunch is ready. Thanks. Fudge. I wonder if he's heard. Two more flowers. You don't say. Petunia and Chrysanthemum. Brian Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Drew, that phone call before, what was it, dear? Oh, nothing. Well, that doesn't tell us very much, does it? All right, then. It was Pudge. He's, he's going to join up. His folks are letting him go. Join what? The RAF in Canada. Well, I don't see why you couldn't tell your mother that. Because he wants to go, too, Aunt Jessie. That's why. Do you, you want to join the IF? But America's not at war. Do you think we won't be? That's what Mr. Kessler and I were talking about, weren't we? Well, not exactly, no. Ideas, merely. I, I think you should explain to your parents. I, I made no effort to influence you. True, Mr. Kessler is a European. This is a European war. His own country is involved. He didn't expect you to apply his views to us, no matter how sympathetic Please, he may. Mother. When a new world is being born, nothing can stop it. And that's what's happening. A new world is being born. You've got to make up your mind. Do you, do you want to help it along or hold it back? I've made up my mind. Excuse me, please. 
May I be excused too, Mother? No, you may not. We, we have a guest, Brian, and I'm sure Margaret would like some more ice cream, wouldn't you, dear? Very agreeable. Yes. All little girls like ice cream. Particularly pink ice cream. When I was a little girl, Margaret... Uh, Elizabeth, I... the children don't have to wait for coffee, do they? Why, oh, no. Well, then, come on, Brian. Let's take Margaret to the playroom. You know, Margaret, Brian is a boy. Well, everybody's just trying to change the subject. After all, Mother, Drew's old enough to make up his own mind. He was just being a funny, earnest, unhappy little boy. I can't help it. I can't help it. Not with this thing about Drew hanging over me. Oh, please, dear. Maybe Mr. Kessler thinks this war is a noble struggle for a better world. But I can't see it that way. I can't see it in terms of anything but my son. Don't you think I feel that way, too? No, I don't. I don't think you do. And do you know why? Because Drew isn't your son. And if he were you, you'd feel the same as I do. He is my son, Elizabeth. From the moment he was born, he's been my son. And you're able to let him go? I'd let him do whatever seems best to him. Go or stay. Perhaps we'd better talk about this later. There's nothing more to say. I, I'm sorry, Captain. Oh, please. But I, I don't want you to misjudge my wife. Am I right, Mr. Hamilton? The boy do does not know you are not his father. Yes. When Elizabeth's husband was killed, she was all alone. My Aunt Jessie and I, together, we tried to help her through a pretty tough time. I fell in love with her. I was determined to protect her always. Seems I failed. You've given her devotion to love. The boy, too. But I can't be the one to send him to war. Elizabeth must do that. Yeah. Elizabeth must. Oh, Dad. Uh, yes, Drew. Uh, where's Mother? In the house, I expect. Well, I... I want to apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, too. Mr. Kessler, don't get me wrong, please. Mother's been perfectly swell about everything else. It's just this fixation that if I ever put on a uniform, I'm as good as dead. No, I understand it very well. I... I think I'll see if I... Not... I was just looking for the children. Could you spare me a minute? Yes, of course. There's something I must tell you because, unfortunately, you seem to have made yourself a part of what's really a family affair. Oh, I'm very sorry. Now that you know that I was married before, that my husband was killed in the last war, you should understand how I feel. It, it's as though something was saying... We'll give you a little rest between blows, but only enough to make very sure that you're conscious and able to feel the next one. We won't start another war until your son is just old enough to be killed. If that should happen again. I, I wish I could help you. <laughs> oh, Margaret! Margaret, where is she? A gun! Hi, Well, it's just my toy gun, Mother. I, I, I thought you'd like to see how it works. Poor child. I'm to death. Margaret. No, no. It's my affair. It's my mother. It's my father. It's my father. There, there now, dear. What is it, Chester? What happened, please? Please, uh, it should be all right. We've done it. Remind her to find the Nazis killed the mother. It's my father. It's my father. 
Yeah. Father? Yeah. I thought you were her father. Nine. No. Brian, may I see that gun, please? Now look, darling. It's nothing but a toy. If you pull the trigger, it makes an explosion. You didn't expect it, that's all. That, that's why you're frightening. It's very angry. It's very angry. Margaret, Margaret, please. Say something about blood. Yes, she remembers the sight of blood. Surely she didn't see Yes, yes, she did. Margaret's father was a very great doctor. He saved my life during the last war, even though I had no wish to live. He was more than a great doctor. He was a great man. And while Margaret must call me her father because... That's the only way I could get her out of Austria. She must never forget that he was her father. That is something to be very proud of. I never do forget. When the Nazis came, they found him a very stubborn man. Dr. Ludwig believed that when you call to bind a man's wounds, you don't let him bleed while you question his political beliefs. They killed him for that? Yes, do for that. And his wife. Because she tried to save him. But when a man dies, his life goes on if he has a child. So Margaret must carry on and never, never be afraid of anything. I'm very sorry I made a disturbance. I apologize. We've already forgotten it, dear. So must you. And now, I, I think it would be best that we start for home. Oh, but it's early. You if were going someone to someone will me... please get Margaret's things. Oh, I'll get them. Oh, not that way, Drew. I know where they are. You must leave? Yeah, I think it's better. Well, I'll, I'll get the car. Mr. Kessler, I'm terribly sorry. About Margaret? It's shocking to know that a child has suffered so. I'm sorry I was rude before. I was going to ask you not to come again. I'm no. terribly sorry. No, no, no. It's just as well that I don't. Please, I, I understand. Well, that's very generous of you. Goodbye, Mrs. Helms. Won't you shake hands? Yes, of course. Goodbye. Goodbye, Mr. Kessler. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Yes, Aunt Jessie? What are you looking at out of the window? The trees on the hill are beginning to turn it. It's warm for October. John loved this time of year. We used to take long walks in the woods. I can still feel the leaves crunching under our feet and smell that smoky haze that hung over everything. What makes you suddenly start to talk about John? I don't know. Perhaps it's an anniversary of some sort. No. No, it isn't. Not yet. He had an unusually strong hand. Who? Mr. Kessler. I can still feel his grasp. We pause now for station identification. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
In a few moments, we'll return with the third act of Tomorrow is Forever, starring Claudette Colbert and Van Heflin. And now, here's our Hollywood reporter, Libby Collins. Looking a little dreamy, I'd say. What is it, Libby? Spring fever? Not exactly, Miss Kulu. I'm still thinking of a movie I saw today, RKO's new picture from this day forward, starring Joan Fontaine and Mark Stevens. It's such a human, tender story, it seemed absolutely real to me. Oh, from this day forward, that's the picture about the trials and tribulations of a young married couple. Yes, and Joan Fontaine plays just an average girl faced with everyday problems. A change from her usual type of role. Knowing Joan, I am sure she plays the part with far above average dramatic ability. Yes, you can always count on Joan for that. As if it weren't enough just to look at her. She really is exquisitely lovely. I should say she is. What a charming voice. And what an expressive, beautiful face. Joan Fontaine's one of my favorite actresses. And Mr. Kennedy, that complexion of hers. What a perfect example of what we mean when we say a lovely Lux complexion. Maybe we aren't proud that Joan Fontaine has been a Lux girl for years. To quote Joan herself, Lux soap facials leave skin softer, smoother. A quick, easy complexion care that really works. We appreciate a tribute like that from beautiful Joan Fontaine. Women everywhere find that screen stars are right. Daily active lather facials with Lux toilet soap give skin fresh new beauty. And like the Hollywood stars, they use this gentle complexion soap as a, a bath soap, too. Here's what they say. A Lux soap beauty bath leaves skin fresh and sweet, makes daintiness sure. I love the delicate perfume the creamy lather leaves on my skin. Why not get some of Hollywood's own beauty soap tomorrow? This fine white soap can be used down to the last thin sliver, so please don't waste it. In these days of shortages, it's important to make each cake of Lux toilet soap last as long as possible. And now, Mr. Keeley returns to the microphone. Here's the final act of Tomorrow is Forever, starring Claudette Colbert as Elizabeth and Van Heflin as Kessler, with Richard Long as Drew and Natalie Wood as Margaret. <laughs> Six weeks have passed. On a bleak December afternoon, Elizabeth sits in her room. In her hand are some pictures, snapshots of 20 years ago. John and I in front of our home, December 15th, 1917. Our home on our wedding day, December 20th, 1917. December 20th. December 20th. Aunt Jessie? Yes, dear? Aunt Jessie, I'm taking the car. I'm going out. A half hour has passed. And now, on George Street, Elizabeth stops her car in front of a shabby, empty house. As in a daze, she lingers on the worn steps of the porch, and words spoken long ago seem suddenly spoken for the first time. Yes, John. 
Mr. Kessler. Yes, I'm all right, thank you. I, I was passing. I, I thought that was you. I used to live in this house. Oh. With John. This is where we came after we were married. This is where we said goodbye, where I got the telegram telling me he was dead. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to intrude. You, you come here often? This is the first time I've seen this house since I left it in 1918. Why are you here? I were only passing from the public library. I saw you here. Is this some occasion? Oh, yes, this is an occasion. December 20th. This is our wedding anniversary. It's a long time to remember. That means nothing to you? December 20th? No, no, I shouldn't. He said he'd come back. He said, I'll come back. I promise you I'll come back. They all say that. Some of them could not keep their promise. But suppose he didn't die. Suppose all these years he's been alive, but not wanting to come back to me because of something that happened. Some wound, some dreadful, heartbreaking wound that made him ashamed to show himself to me. Oh, that would have been so wrong of him, you know. So cruel. You torture yourself so. Why? Suppose he were still alive. Suppose, incredibly as it would be, he would choose for whatever foolish reason not to come back. You haven't suffered all these years. You, you've been happy. Yes, I've been happy. You have a husband and two fine sons. You have a good life, and you, you should keep it so. You don't think I should tell Drew that Larry is not his father? No, I do not. You don't think he should know? Would you want him to lose his father twice? You are him with the father he has, and then you tell him that his real father is dead. What is the good in that? You, you said you were at the library. Yeah? Why didn't you use the library at the plant? Let me see that book. Is this Hamilton? Yes, I'm right. It says property of the Hamilton Chemical Works. You weren't at the public library. You lied to me. You're John McDonald. I, I, I am Eric Kessler, an Austrian chemist. All my life I have worked at my profession except for a few years when I was a soldier. I have good reason to remember those years. So have I. I have told you who I am. There's, there's no need for you to pry further. Good day, Mrs. Hamilton. Come in, Mr. Kessler. Mr. Hamilton left word there were some papers for me on the desk. Go right in, Mr. Kessler. His son's in there, too. Oh, oh, Joe? Hello, Mr. Kessler. Uh, just leaving a note for Dad. Oh, well, he'll be back tomorrow, possibly tonight. So you look all in. Oh, uh, call, perhaps. Are you getting on with your calculus? Oh, much better. You see, in order to fly, you have to... Fly? You, you haven't settled that business yet? No. No, but soon. Well, take care of yourself. Huh? If I do... Oh, uh, that note on Dad's desk. Be sure he gets it, will you? Yes. Yes, of course. I'll straighten out the formula tomorrow, Mr. Kessler. It's nearly midnight. Uh, let me see that text. But you're not well. I'll bet you're burning up with oh, fever this minute. Telephone, huh? sir. It's Mrs. Hamilton. Miss Hamilton? Oh. Hello? Yes. But there's no way of knowing where he is in Washington, Miss Hamilton. 
Do? Well, yes, late this afternoon. Naturally, you're worried. Perhaps, perhaps I, I could find out where he's gone. I will immediately. Good night, Miss Ham. Hello, Joe. Oh, Mr. Kessler, what are you doing at the station? That's just what I was going to ask you. Hey, excuse me a second, fellas. I'm, uh, I'm seeing some friends off. You're going with them to, to Canada? Yes. You're not going to try and talk me out of it. That's why I'm here. Well, save your breath, Mr. Kessler. Say, how did you know I'd be here? You left a note. That letter was for my father. Yes. I know, but... I, I had to find out where you'd gone. Why? What business is it of yours? Haven't you forgotten your mother? I... I know, Mother. This this is the only way to handle it. She'll get over it. We're getting on now, Drew. Here, you better hold your own ticket. Well, I, I'll take that, please. Drew's not going. Now, look, Mr. Kessler. I'd like to have that ticket. See you at the gate, Drew. I said I want my ticket. You could take it from me, but I don't think you will. All right. All right, I'll go without a ticket. Do. No. You forget you're still underage. You could be stopped legally. I don't want to call that policeman over here. Sorry, fellas, but my nursemaids come to take me home. I'll see you in April. All right, General. Satisfied? Yeah. And where do we go now? Where you belong. Home. Oh, your mother's been so anxious. Good evening, Mr. Kessler. Miss Hamilton. She's upstairs now, trying to reach your father. Oh, I'm so glad you found him, Mr. Kessler. Elizabeth will want to see you and thank you. Oh, no, it's very late and I'm tired. What? Not coming up to make your report? Oh, I think you're old enough to do that yourself. <laughs> oh, Mr. Kessler, uh, you're ill. Drew, take Mr. Kessler to the fire. No, please, it's nothing at all. Drew, let your mother know your back has been planted. <sighs> and tell her Mr. Kessler's here. Here. Here, Mr. Kessler. Drink this. Thank you very much. Come, I might call a taxi cab, please. Taxi cab? You're taking off that wet coat and you're going to rest. I insist. Mr. Kessler. Oh, Elizabeth, Mr. Kessler was going away without seeing you, but I made him stay because he looks so ill. You can see for yourself. I have some things here I want you to look at. Elizabeth, that box, those things, they're charms. Perhaps you can identify them, Mr. Kessler. The cigarette case, for instance. Read the inscription. Read it. To John from Elizabeth, with all my love. Do you remember? Mr. Kessler, all this worrying over Drew, it's got her thoughts traveling back. Elizabeth, put those things away. Do you remember? How could he remember anything about a man he never knew? Oh, but he knew John. Who can say? In the war, we took many prisoners. He knew him very well. He killed him. Elizabeth. A soldier fires a bullet. Who can say what mark it finds? I think you're being most inconsiderate, Elizabeth. Mr. Kessler's done you a great service, and you repay him by accusing him of killing your husband. Why don't you thank him and let him go home and get to bed? That's where we all ought to be. No, not yet. Well, I'm going, and I'm taking this box. Good night, Mr. Kessler. Is there anything I can do for you? No, no, thank you very much. Elizabeth? I think you're being positively morbid. There's a picture in this cigarette case. Look at it. It's very beautiful. 
That's what you said when I gave it to you. If you want to believe that I am John McDonald, you can't persuade yourself that I am. Please, please, won't you tell me the truth? This is the truth. You can stop living in the present if you want to and reach back for the past, but you'll never get back what you lost. You'll only lose what you have. Why didn't you come back? You promised you would. Why didn't you? Tell me. Was it because you'd been hurt so terribly? Because you were afraid that, that I'd turn from you? Didn't you know how I needed you, no matter what had happened, as long as you were alive? John, don't you remember how I loved you? Don't you remember the nights we sat before the fire in that little house on George Street? There was no one in the whole world but us. It's a wonderful thing to have been loved so much and been so, so remembered. You used to take my face like this and, and put it up to yours. Even if that, that man should in some miraculous way be restored to you. You don't want him back any more than he would want you back. Look at me and tell me that you don't want me back. Say it. Do you think any man in his senses would want to give back this shattered body to a woman and destroy the memories of 20 years? If I were your husband, and if I had come back, that, that is what I would say to you. John. I am not John. But, please, I, I will tell you why you want me to be John. It is because you want the past in your heart. Your son and your first husband have been joined always. And now your boy, like their father before him, wants to go off to war. And you're, you're terrified. It is not John you long for. No, you, you want the bright, careless youth he stood for in your mind. I come into your life, a survivor of the war, a man who may still be alive because John died. Some way, you, you, you tied all this together. Then you, you, your son rebels. You see, you will not even let your son escape from the dead. You will not set him free because you yourself are not free. You're chained to the past, and the past is beyond our reach. We must learn to forget that. You and I, everyone, we must live for tomorrow. Because tomorrow is forever. Thank you. Elizabeth. There is the man you're waiting for, Mrs. Hamilton. No other man is your husband. I'm here, Larry. Hello, darling. I finished up in Washington sooner than I... Kessler. Mr. Hampton. Nothing wrong, is there? No, no, nothing. It's about your son, Drew. Drew? He's not hurt. No, dear. He's upstairs. I'm going up to him now. Mr. Kessler will tell you what happened. I'm so grateful to you, Mr. Kessler. It, it, it's nothing. Good night, Mrs. Hamilton. I, I know it's late, but tell me, Drew... Well, he tried a, a little experiment. He thought... Instead of waiting until April, he would declare himself of age tonight. That's all there was to it. Good night. Oh, it's pouring out, Kessler. Won't you let no, me go? No, 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 no. A little walk in the rain. It'll do no harm. Elizabeth. 
Elizabeth, are you all right? Yes. Oh, yes, Aunt Jessie. What's that in your hand? A cigarette case. It belongs in that box, Aunt Jessie. Elizabeth. Now I have something to say to Drew. Drew! Come in. Oh. Well, go ahead, Mother. I guess I've earned a bawling out. Darling, if, if you take the early morning plane, you can catch up with Pudge in New York. What? Mother, you mean, you mean you're really going to let me go? Is that the bag you brought home? Oh, really, Drew, you're a very bad packer. Mother, there's, there's no law against my saying you're pretty swell, is there? I can't take credit for this, darling. It's Mr. Kessler. Kessler? Yes, he made me see a lot of things. Oh, gosh, Mother. After the way I talked to him. What? Oh, Drew. But I thought he was butting in. I didn't know that... Oh, look, Mother, you, you will explain. You'll know what to say, won't you? Yes, darling, I'll know what to say. I'll see him tomorrow morning as soon as we put you on the plane. But if he wanted me to go, I, I don't see why he brought me home. He brought you home so that I would let you go. Good night, darling. Hello? Hamilton residence. Mrs. Hamilton, please. I'm sorry, ma'am. Miss Hamilton's gone to the airport. Who shall I say is calling? I'm Mr. Kessler's housekeeper. Tell her... Tell her that... Uh, no, never mind. I... I'll call later. home early this morning, but they said you'd gone to the airport. But only last night, Mr. Kessler. When did it happen? And who are you? Mrs. Mills, ma'am, his housekeeper. I look after the little girl. Oh, it isn't possible. He, he must have died shortly after he returned home. I, I found him here on the floor this morning. There was something next to him. Ashes. As if he'd burned something. A letter. A letter. <laughs> Oh, Margaret. Margaret, darling. Everyone who belongs to me dies. Oh, my baby. My poor darling. How did you get here so soon? You knew I was coming? Father always said if anything ever happened, he would come. Yes, darling, yes. Come, we'll get some things. Mrs. Mills will help us. Home, darling. We're going home. Now that tomorrow is forever joins our list of happy yesterdays, here are the stars who made the play so vivid an experience. Claudette Colbert and Van Heflin. Thank you, Bill. I'm so happy that our cast included Richard Long and six-year-old Natalie Wood. They were splendid in the picture. Well, especially when you consider that it was the first screen appearance for both of them. Mm -hmm. And their first appearance on our stage tonight. Claudette, I understand that you're especially interested in the current drive for student nurses for our hospitals. Indeed I am, Bill. Two out of three hospitals throughout the country are without sufficient nursing care. 
And the only way they can fill this gap is through more and more young women taking up careers in nursing. Well, what's happened to all the Army and Navy nurses who should be returning to the hospitals about now? They still can't handle the number of patients that they have at present. And nursing is a career that has dignity, fine social standing, and good salaries. I know that in the service here and overseas, the nurses did a great job. Well, I agree with that. They set a high standard for the women of America. Bill, what have you scheduled for Lux next Monday night? Well, I'd be glad to tell you uh, in return for the answer to a question, Claudette. Oh, now if that's the question about my complexion, Bill, the answer is yes. <laughs> I've been a faithful user of Lux Toilet Soap for years. And with that complexion, that's quite a compliment for Lux. Oh, Indeed you. it is. And here's the news for next week. We're inviting our audience to chuckle and relax with one of the screen's most entertaining comedies. Pardon My Path, starring in one of his most amusing roles to date, that amiable gentleman of laughter, Fred McMurray. Fred appears co-starred with Marguerite Chapman, also from the screen cast, in a rollicking story of mistaken identity, with an equal mixture of suspense and action and romance. Well, that sounds like a great treat for your listeners, Bill. Good night. Good night. Good night. And all our thanks to both of you. Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Toilet Soap, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday evening when the Lux Radio Theater brings you Fred McMurray and Marguerite Chapman in Pardon My Path. This is William Keeley saying goodnight to you from Hollywood. This week commemorates four years of service on the part of Hollywood stars and studios in contributing their time and talent to shortwave broadcasts to our men and women overseas. And with the cooperation of the entire motion picture industry, Hollywood stars have pledged their continued free appearances on broadcasts to Army and Navy personnel, as well as to veterans in hospitals throughout America. Claudette Colbert will soon be seen in the RKO picture without reservations. Van Heflin appeared through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of A.J. Cronin's The Green Years. Richard Long will soon be seen in the international RKO release, The Stranger. This program is broadcast to our men in uniform overseas through cooperation with the Armed Forces Radio Service. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers. And this is your announcer, John Milton Kennedy, reminding you to tune in again next Monday night to hear Pardon My Past with Fred McMurray and Marguerite Chapman. The Spry Treat of the Week. Spry Chocolate Nougat Cake. Clip Spry's miracle recipe for this rich chocolatey cake from the May issue of Good Housekeeping. Make it quickly, easily with sensational new Spry with Cake Improver. For all you bake and fry, rely on Spry. Be sure to listen in next Monday night to the Lux Radio Theater presentation of Pardon My Past with Fred McMurray and Marguerite Chapman. And why not tune in a half? Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.